If you enjoy our content, please consider supporting us. Click the support link on our main page to become a patron. Thank you. Welcome to More Shenanigans. I'm Donna Moore. And I'm James Moore. And by the time you're listening to this, it will be officially Christmas week. Of 2022. Of 2022. So what are we going to talk about this Christmas week of 2022? Well, you know, let's talk about why Christmas is so stressful. I think that Christmas doesn't need to be stressful, but we make it stressful because we feel like we have to do certain things according to some commercialized tradition. You mean the the stress and pressure that you feel that you have to come through materialistically? Materialistically, food-wise, decoration-wise, everything. The whole the whole thing. And if you're a, you know, if you're a member of a church, then you're having to deal with, you know, Christmas cantatas and, you know, if you have children, you're having to deal with school programs and all of that stuff and I just feel like a lot of it is, well, all of it. All of it is absolutely unnecessary if we wanted to be. Yeah, and the thing is is that since it's tied to a beloved holiday, we're talking about stress becoming traditional. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's I think it's time for people to put a line in the sand and say, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking so far about people putting stress upon themselves for Christmas. Do you know of anybody that's, I mean, well, you know, we're not, we're not going to name names. No. Okay. But do we know anybody who's doing that to themselves or have we done that to ourselves in raising the kids? I, I think so. Yeah. I think, I think that we have, well, because it's become a tradition. So yeah, you know, it's, you know, we have to, we have to decorate because the kids expect it when they're little. Right. Um, The grandkids expect it. We have to buy presents. We have to, you know, and it's, and you have to make sure that you include everybody. You don't want to leave somebody out. You know, you, like I said, there's the decoration, there's the, excuse me, the decorations, there's the the Christmas buying and there's the, the food preparation. And like, I'm not trying to say you're a certain kind of husband because you are an amazing husband. However, you have no idea what anybody gets for Christmas until they open those presents. Yeah, that's not my job. <laughs> my job is to hang on to my job long enough to so that you can pay for all of it. Right. And see, and and that is... Sometimes I get involved, though. I mean, and, and listen, and, and again, I'm not saying that you are not the only husband that's like that. It, it happens all the time. The, the, the father is just as surprised about the gifts that are being opened as the kids are because he has no clue... A lot of the times, not all husbands are that way. Not, you know, I'm not saying that it's a a blank. I'm not saying that as a blanket statement because I know that's not true across the board. But there's usually one person in the family that most of that stress is put on. Yeah, that's true. And well, it's usually the mother. Yeah. Again, not always. Well, if if I am like that, and we've established clearly that I am. I think part of it, a contributing factor, was early on in the marriage, the psychological damage that was put upon me when we went through the White Ranger thing. Oh, yeah. Remember the White Ranger thing? I do. It was, if, you, if you've seen the movie Jingle All the Way, it was 10 times worse than that. 
And, well, and, there were no car wrecks and fights with police officers. Okay. Well, the difficulty of getting the actual toy was almost like that. Yeah. I mean, I thought that we was going to have to go to jail for that. If way back once upon a time when the Power Rangers were in vogue, we had to get the white ranger, not just any ranger, not the black ranger, not the red ranger, not the blue ranger. We had to get the white ranger. And if you went to any Toys R Us or any Walmart, you could get the blue ranger, the red ranger, the purple ranger. You could not get a white ranger for was, love or money. This was pre-Amazon. For this those was pre-Amazon. Don't know anything about that. And I have a feeling that if Amazon did exist, you probably would get a, a white ranger from Indonesia for three hundred dollars. Yeah, because it was that rare at that time. You know, we I, I had no idea how difficult it was going to be, yeah. and it was stressful trying to get our hands it on it. But we came through. We did. From a different state, somebody brought it to somebody us. Somebody had, it was like a drug deal. We met somebody at the border. There I was, don't remember all that, but yeah. The INS was involved. But but I think that, I think that there are several ways that we could de-stress the holidays. And um, how, do, how do we do that? As far as Christmas, the Christmas holidays, when we say the holidays, you know, I think Christmas is like the big one. Now, listen, there are some people that like the hustle and bustle of all that. And, and that's fine. If they enjoy that, then that's fine. But if you are feeling like you could lose your mind over this holiday, and if it never came around another year, you would celebrate that fact then maybe you need to think about some other things. One thing, if you have children, rather than, you know, spending three months of your salary on gifts for them to pile up underneath the Christmas tree, especially these days with everything being so expensive, you could, if you don't feel comfortable with not doing presents, then you could do something simple like the four gift idea. And the four gift idea consists of buying each child Something they want, something they need, something to wear, something to read. So that's kind of helping them organize what to get. Right. To, so to relieve the stress of what am I going to get? Everybody's going to get pajamas or everybody's going to get a new outfit for school or everybody's going to get, you know, whatever. That's something to wear. Everybody's going to get a, a book or a set of comic books or, you know, a graphic novel or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they want or what, that they would be interested in, I should say. And then something they want. One of the things on their Christmas list. They get one of the things on their Christmas list. Um, and then something they need, an electric toothbrush, uh, I don't know, a, a new pair of shoes or... Is this where underwear comes in? Maybe, you know, maybe some, maybe some, you know, interesting underwear like cool boxer briefs for boys or some, you know, cute underwear for, for girls or something, you know, something like that. But then it's simple and it's like, okay, I've got four kids. I need to buy 16 presents. That's it. That's it. That's all I got to buy. All right. Now, I'm not trying to, to be mean and complicate things or whatever, but no. the, that's we're talking about main presents with this. I mean, there's always the stockings. Right. It's always the, you know, extra stuff you hang on the tree or whatever. You know, that's mm-hmm. the... The stocking stuffers. Yeah. So... I mean, those are... The stocking stuffers are, to me, are always easy because, you know, you put candy and fruit. For girls, you put lip gloss. For boys, you put chapsticks. You put, depending on the age of boys, you can put little toy cars, you know, different things. The, The stocking stuffers are the easy part. But here's the thing. Even with the four gift idea... If you don't go into it saying, I have a budget, uh-huh. then that could still get expensive. Right. It, yeah. It Do you know what I'm saying? Can. Oh, like, yeah. That could still get expensive. So, because here's the thing. Ask your children what they got last Christmas. Do it, And if they don't even remember. They're not going to remember. Hmm. I've done it four years in a row. 
with my grandkids, mm. and they do not remember. Man. Well. And, and I'm not faulting them for that. I'm not faulting them. Listen, I don't remember what I bought them. I don't remember what I purchased for them. Right. Which I, I think ties into the next thing, because you started off uh, this one with saying if you're if you're not okay with letting go of giving material presents, you know, here's, here's a su- suggestion, right. which kind of implies that you have an idea for that a non-materialistic present idea, which I think is kind of genius, to, about- to give them something yes. that... Not materialistic, but something not only will they remember, but the whole purpose is that they're going to be remembering it is a memory. You give yes. them a memory. Yes. And the way you do it is you take the exact same money that you would have spent on, you know, going scouring the earth for the White Ranger and spending that and you do something else. Go on a trip. Go somewhere. It doesn't have to. You don't have to go to, you know, on a cruise or you don't have to go to Europe. Rent an Airbnb. Rent the whole Airbnb mm-hmm. in two towns over from where you live. Rent the whole Airbnb. The whole house is yours. And for, say, Christmas weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, because Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So you rent it for three days. And you have some sort of an itinerary. doesn't have to be a lot. But there's one day in there. One day where there's no electronics. Mm-hmm. So that you can make real memories. You do board games, you do crafts, you bake Christmas cookies, what, whatever whatever you can find to do. And your tradition, because some of that stuff, a lot of people have Christmas traditions that in addition of going out and standing in line at a, a store, right. they have traditions outside of that. And if I may make a suggestion for this new path of making memories mm-hmm. and you know doing a trip. Is that this? There's still a gift exchange, but it's something very, very personal and very self done. Something that is like less mm-hmm. than a three dollar deal. Something mm-hmm. that you might have done yourself, or mm-hmm. you know, something very basic. So there is some kind of exchange right. on that on that day. Saying this is for you. Thank you for giving this to me. But it's not something that has a huge price tag on it. I have a friend who does this every year, and she reaches out. She's got grown children and cousins and stuff and she'll reach out to everybody in a group text this is how she starts out the process she'll say hot or cold meaning are we going to the mountains where it's cold are we going someplace cold or are we going someplace hot oh okay where are we going and then they'll get the consensus of the group of people and if everybody says cold okay where are we going are we going skiing are we going to a cabin just to hang out and you know hike the trails are we going on a you know some sort of a winter cruise are we do you know what what cold are we doing uh-huh you know and, and if it's warm then what are we doing are we going on a cruise are we just going to a beach somewhere and hanging out like what are we doing and then that's what they do they don't do a gift exchange they don't do nothing they just go on this vacation together do the adventures of what whatever wherever they're at and that's what they do and they make memories as a family and this is, is definitely going to sound like a sappy super bowl commercial during the holidays but the real gift exchange is interaction with each other, I think. Absolutely. You get to spend time with people that maybe they're across the country normally yeah. and you don't get to hang out with them. You know, my well, two sisters are not that far away. They're only like, you know, 250 miles away, but I don't see them every day. No. And I don't even call them every day because, you know, it's. I mean, life, life happens. Life happens, but. I mean, you, know, you can live in the same town and not talk to people. Right. So I just think that doing something like that is a whole. Now, listen, again, again, you got to be careful. And, you know, if you're really trying to de stress, you got to be careful and not 
plan too much of an itinerary because then you're stressing about we got to be someplace at this time we got to be someplace at this time we got to do this we got to do that and that just turns into a stressful situation because then you've got a group of people that you're trying to herd you know and that's not that's that's not conducive to anti-stress yeah you're trading stressors and right. you're putting on new expectations right so right and yeah. i think i think you if if you're going to do that as a family you you definitely you can't just be like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." You got to you got to come up and if, if people aren't up for that, then you say, "Okay, I get it. You don't want to do that or you don't feel like you can afford that or you don't want to contribute the money or you want to stick with this tradition or whatever." You can say, "That's great." Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm doing. Yeah, cuz otherwise you could be forcing stress upon others right. by just throwing them into a situation they don't right. think is going to work for them. And you know what? It's okay if they don't want to do that. And it's okay for you to say, I'm not doing Christmas in our traditional way next year. I'm going to do it this way because it's what I want to do for me. Right. And Or for me and my family, my kids, my, you know, whatever the situation may be. And you never know. That person might hear an idea like that for the first time in the family and say, man, I want to give that a shot. Right. I never, I never thought we could do that. I didn't think that would be allowed in our family or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, but you got to have those conversations for sure. Right. So now we've talked about the stresses that we put upon ourselves, that people put upon themselves and have good ideas on how to handle them. Some suggestions, if you're out there listening, any suggestions that you might have, we want to hear in the feedback, but There's a lot of stress for certain people during the holidays that is of no fault on their own. Right. You know, there's there's situations where... And it it, doesn't have to do with gift buying or money or anything like that. No, just the season itself could be a bad memory for some reason. It could be a reminder of something that you rather, you know, forget. And um, there's... Ways of handling that, too. So, you know, how, how does one handle those sort of difficult situations as far as the holidays for people? Or maybe you know somebody you know is going to go through a rough time during the holidays. Right. What can you do for them? Well, I think that's that's something that we all have to think about. We have to think about the fact that there are people who are going to be having their first Christmas without their husband or wife or, God forbid, their child. Mm. or they're, they've been through a divorce, you know, whatever the case may be, okay? You've yeah. got that situation of grief, people dealing with grief mm-hmm. at this time of year, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, our family is actually going through that right now. Um, we have a member of our family who lost their mother uh, two or three days after Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, we lost, James lost his dad three days before Christmas, four, four or five years ago. It, it seems like last year sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so, you know, Christmas can be touched. Um, you know, grief is one of those things that it grief doesn't go away. It just changes over time. And, you know, you may be good for a couple of years and then one year it's just way too much and you can't, you can't handle the grief. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so we just have to be mindful as fellow human beings, even if we don't know somebody's story. If they don't want to participate in Christmas, that that's okay. They don't have to participate in Christmas. But we can, in some gentle way, ask why that is. Yeah. If And if there is a way that we can help, if there's anything that we can do to help them. Because we also have to think about people that may be struggling with uh, mental health issues and depression during this time of year. And that may be severely triggered for whatever reason. It may not even have to do with Christmas. It's just the fact that all families are now getting together and they don't have a family because of different reasons or some 
or whatever the particular, you know, whatever it is. And so we, I think we just, one, we just have to be mindful that this time of year can be as joyous and happy as it is from a childlike perspective. It can also be very sad and dark from a different perspective. Right. And if you're in a situation, you might know somebody, it might be somebody at the office, somebody at church or whatever. I would say that you you do have to be careful. If you have a certain relationship with that person, you'll know, you know what kind of relationship you have with that person. Either you just give them a break and treat them well. Don't put any expectations on them because a lot of times during the, the holidays, everybody's expected to be happy and jolly. Everybody's expected to be grateful. And, you know, don't just label somebody a screws just because they're not having the same euphoric experience that you're having during the holidays. Just give them a break. But if you do have that relationship where you can set somebody aside and talk to them and just say, you know, I'm not going to tell you how you're supposed to feel or something like that. But I noticed that, you know, you're being affected by the holidays. Is there anything you want to talk about? I'm here for you. Just offer yourself like that because. That might be the opening somebody needs to be able to unburden themselves. And also, they may not want to talk about it, but just knowing that somebody saw them. Yeah, somebody noticed. Somebody cared. Somebody noticed and saw them to say something makes all the difference in the world, even if they're not able to or want to go into detail and talk about it. But just to just to be seen and to know that somebody cared enough to reach out right. is sometimes all that's necessary. Yeah, and you could be by doing that, by acknowledging that person, you could preventing you could be preventing something awful because the suicide rates do skyrocket at this time of year. There's a bump. And you hear over and over and over again about people who are regretting, you know, I should have I should have read this in this person's face. I should have known that. I should whatever. There's there's very, very subtle things. That, you know, I'm not hyper observant like my wife is, you know, a lot of things get past me. But if there's somebody that you know that's maybe acting a little bit different, you might want to have that personal conversation with them because I'm telling you, you don't want to regret it at the after after funeral and said, I should have seen this and I should have listened to him when he or her when they said that. Even though it's not our responsibility to check someone else's mental health. Mm-hmm. It's important just as a fellow human being, if you see someone acting differently than they were a week or two ago or a month ago to just, you know, ask, hey, you know, you good? Everything good? You know, you know, I don't want to pry, but just know I'm here if you need a shoulder or, a, you know, an ear whatever the case may be. Something else that we need to think about too, and you know, we touched on this uh, in a previous episode, uh, we talked about, you know, homelessness in, in America. And you know, there are families that are homeless this time of year. And there are a lot of organizations out there that, you know, help out with needy children, churches, and different nonprofit organizations and that kind of thing. But just, you know, I'm not saying that we need to, because this can be an added stressor, but I'm not saying that we need to go out there and fix someone's situation or make someone's situation better or anything like that. But just be mindful that there are people who are really struggling this time of year. And they probably have struggled for a long time and maybe all year long. But at this time of year, especially if you have children, it's so much more difficult because there's that pressure to provide something for your children. Right. And something else to be mindful of. And that's very important. This time of year, there are shelters, there are, you know, kitchens, 
that actually turn volunteers away because people make it a tradition to go and volunteer and do that work at this part of the season. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But what you might want to consider if you do that sort of thing as a tradition, you might want to do it on the 4th of July. I was going to say. You might want to do it June and July because that's when, you know, it's after the holidays. People have forgotten about some of the needs in their community and they really need somebody to come through in the tough months during the the summer. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, keep that in mind. Maybe, you know, as a family say, you know, start a new tradition and say, hey, you know, you say, hey, here's what we're going to do for Christmas this year in July. We're going to do X, Y, Z with this organization or that organization in your local, you know, local area. Um, so how about right now, me and you say we're going to do that. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, yeah. we can do that in June and July because there is an, uh, there's one specific organization I got in mind. We can, we can contact yeah. Miss Buffalo in the yeah. first week in July and say, hey, what do you what do you need what volunteers you need? for? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and make that we, we just started a new tradition, America. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? They go and do that in the summer. Okay. Um, and then I think something else too is, and I know that I am guilty of this sometimes, and I have really been very mindful of it the last few years. Last year, I got a little out of control with it, but um, this year I've, I've been better, but I can be the, I can be a perfectionist when it comes to things, you know, especially when it comes to decorating, uh-huh. you know, and I don't want anybody else to do it with me. I just want to do it myself. And then I get stressed because I'm the only one that's doing it because nobody's going to do it with me because I won't let anybody do it with me. It sounds like a cycle. Yes, exactly. And every ornament has to be placed per- perfectly and every this and all of that. And just, just know that, listen, you you are not showing your house off for, you know, Southern Living or Vogue or, you know, some television show or whatever. So who cares? Mm. And if you got so much going on in your life right now that you can't even put up a Christmas tree, you know what? That's okay. Yeah, that's it's okay. okay. You don't need a Christmas tree. Because here's the thing is that... This is not about the gifts. It's not about, you know, the decorations. It's not about all of that stuff. It's supposed to be about the birth of Christ, if you believe in that. Okay. And by the way, I want to stop for a second and say happy Hanukkah to all of the Jewish listeners, if there are any, because today is the first day of Hanukkah. Um, And so I guess the same thing can attribute to the Hanukkah season as well. Because, um, you know, I'm sure that there's stressors with that as well. I mean, you know, with Christmas, it's one day. With Hanukkah, it's eight. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that's like. You know, you, you're having to deal with, you know, all of that. So anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. If you don't want to do it at all, that's okay. Because it's supposed to be about the birth of Christ. Right. Well, we've... We've talked about stress on a couple of, you know, situations and we, we actually went a little dark there for a minute. So we got a couple of minutes left. So maybe we can talk about a, a specific Christmas that, that you and I remember, you remember or I remember some Christmas memory that sticks out in your head when somebody says, you know, Christmas and it's April. You remember something about your Christmas experience. What's that for you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, the stress of Christmas makes me forget about all that stuff. I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't really, here's, here's what I remember though. This is what I remember. As a kid, Mm -hmm. I, I just remember, I remember my grandmother always had a white Christmas tree, you know, the gaudy, you know, white plastic, white metal Christmas (laughs) tree. It was aluminum? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, she loved that Christmas tree. But she would set it up and she had this big, huge Christmas cactus. The thing was 
big. If you don't know what a Christmas cactus is, just Google, Google it. it. That was always sitting there, and she'd have the she had a big bay window in her house, and she'd have the tree sitting in there, and she'd play. She had one of those. I'm dating myself. She had one of those big console. My grandparents had this big console um, stereo that had the radio and the stereo all in one thing, and had the big speakers. It was like a piece of furniture. It looked like a it looked like a dresser. Mm-hmm. It was big, and um, she would put on Christmas music. She would put on Andy. Um, oh my gosh, what's his last? Um, Andy Williams. Yes, Andy Williams Christmas. She would put on the Chipmunks Christmas. She'd always do that for us. Um, she would put on Bing Crosby. Um, like that. So I, I, that's what I remember. And it was very, it happened every year. You know what I mean? It was this, I just, it was very, it was like clockwork. It would happen every year. So that, that's what I remember. Well, for a minute, I thought I was going to be pulling the tooth because I, I was expecting you to come up with that right away. And you, <laughs> you come out the gate with, well, you know, I make, well, I make I, so things to forget for whatever. And then when you said when I was a kid, I said, Oh God, thank you for remembering. That's what I was gone for. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of Christmas me- on my end. There's my contribution. There's a lot of Christmas memories that I have for when we were raising the kids and stuff like that. But as far as when I was a kid, there's there's two really big Christmas memories for me. They both revolve around gifts. One was I got a I got the gift of a Superman suit. Well, it was actually Superman yeah. pajamas, Superman you know. It, it was a Superman pajamas. I guess what keeps it from being a suit and it makes it pajamas and not a suit is that there was no cape. <laughs> Cuz I think that if they gave I think they thought that if they gave me a cape I'd go up to the 7th floor roof and try to jump off off it Uh because hey you're superman but uh no i got a superman outfit and that was i mean when i saw the big ass that was it for me that was (laughs) that that was the thing that i wanted to be i hadn't discovered batman yet but um and i think my mom still has proof of that one because there's a picture of me wearing that on christmas day yeah you never seen that one i don't think i have yeah that's funny the other present that is a christmas memory for me is the Christmas that my parents got me a microscope. Now, if you haven't been following the show, whatever, I'm I'm at geek level five, okay? I was just like that in school, the scientist, the mathematician, whatever. But the idea of having a microscope and being able to look at stuff up close was just fascinating to me. That's why they got me right. the microscope. And of course, being the geek that I am, on Christmas Day, I can't even wait a day for this. You have to take it apart. You have to take it, you know, all of its components, take it apart the and everything. You took the it microscope, apart. yeah, took the microscope apart. And of course, this is done while my parents are doing something else. <laughs> my mom comes back into the room, microscope, take it all apart. I have no idea what it costs or whatever. It was, it wasn't high end, but it right. wasn't like cheapy. Right. It was in the middle because there was a bunch of lenses. I had right. to keep track. Uh-huh. And she. She freaked out. She said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so, but I said, "Mom, chill. I got this. I, got I this. can, I can put this back." And I did. I put it right back into working. <laughs> I just wanted to see how it worked. So, um, those are the two Christmas memories that mean something to me. And if anybody within the sound of this broadcast or want to share with other people, whatever, want to give their Christmas memory, something they remember from childhood, we'd be. So excited to hear from you, especially if you're from another country or something like that. And we haven't, you know, heard anything from you. There's a way for you to be able to contribute that to this podcast. You click on it, leave a, a voice message and tell us about your Christmas memory. I do have another memory. I just thought about when I was a single parent, when I was a single parent and it was just me and Carmen. 
I was really, 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 really broke, like really poor. And, you know, of course, you you know, I always tried to do the, the local, whether it be the Salvation Army or whatever, to try to get some of the gifts like that if I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had, um, I think it was, I had 50 bucks to my name and I had forgotten to try to get the um, giving tree or whatever, try to get gifts from the organizations or whatever. Forgot to put the, her name on the list. Mm. So all I had was $50 to my name for like a week or two. And so I said, okay, I will just take her to the store and let her pick out what she wants. And I took her to the store and she picked out a Barbie that was like, at the time it was like, probably, I don't, it wasn't one of the Christmas Barbies, you know, but it was one of them big fancy Barbies. So you took it out to and let her spend up to 50 bucks. Yeah. And it was like, and I think it was like, and I was hoping she was going to pick some of the smaller stuff so I'd have a little bit of money left. I think it was like twenty nine ninety nine or something like that. And I was like, man, that's $30 of this $50. But I was, I was determined that she was going to get that because there wasn't going to be anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and there wasn't anything else. But I do remember that. I remember, you know, taking her out. I don't know. She must have been five or six, something like that. Really? That young? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, she had to have been because she's six years younger than, or six years older than Daniel. And this was before him, so okay. she must have been, yeah, five or six, something like that. Mm. Yeah. I wonder so, if she remembers that Barbie. I don't know. We'll I'll have ask, to ask her. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do remember that, though. So when you took her into the store and you're letting her, you know, as she's picking out the toy or something like that, how, how did you feel in that moment? Like, you know, you're doing what you can for your child like, on Christmas. I mean... I'm doing what I have to do. I just want to make sure she's going to have something for Christmas. And, you know, it wasn't the biggest and best or whatever, but I just want to, but the whole whole time I'm thinking, I hope she picks something cheap. I hope she picks something cheap. (laughs) Because I wanted to have, you know, money to be able to put gas in the car to go to work or get food or, you know, whatever. But I was like, but if she picks something that's $50, then it's going to be $50. You know what I mean? Like it's And you figure out the rest, you know. I'll just figure it out. Yeah. I figured it's easier to figure out food than it is to figure out Christmas presents three days before Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So that's a story. Another story. A Christmas story in this case where the parent puts the child first. And which is how it should be. That that kind of ties into I mean, the whole because, message, I think. And I think and I think that's the thing is that Christmas is all about should be all about the children. And if you have small children, then that's what it needs to focus on. If you have small children, grandchildren, that kind of thing. That's what the quote unquote magic of Christmas is supposed to be about. When it when your children and grandchildren get older, you know, the traditions can change. I mean, just like just with just like with the seasons of, of your life, you know, things change. Um, and I think it's okay if your traditions change. They don't have to be the same once your children are grown. Right. So with that being said, I think we can uh, wrap things wrap things up and, you know, wait for you to give us your Christmas memories. In the meantime, that's it for this episode. Tune in again for more shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs>